welcome to the Queen's Church Sermon Podcast. Our church is being built on two vision statements. Jesus is our passion and love is our mission. We hope this message leads you to Jesus and that next week you'll join us in person to experience God's love through this local church. You can follow us online at qns.church. Hello, Queen's Church. Greetings from Jackson Heights. My name is Boto Joseph. I'm one of the pastors here at Jackson Heights Community Church. Uh, it truly is a delight to be with you all uh, this morning. Uh, I've been looking forward to this Sunday. I wish I was there in person, but given the circumstances, I'm grateful to the Lord that uh, I'm able to at least gather with you uh, virtually. Um, I'm grateful for your pastor. Larry has been a dear friend uh, over the years. I have huge respect for him. Uh, I admire the way he loves his bride, Lindsay. Uh, I love the heart of the father that he carries uh, over his four beautiful kids. And I uh, just have known him as a faithful pastor um, who loves Queens Church and is passionate uh, to reach New York City. You know, I, I don't exaggerate in saying if I was not pastoring here in Jackson Heights, I probably would be a member there at Queens Church. But I'm so glad the Lord has put us in these uh, beautiful neighborhoods, Woodside and in Jackson Heights, uh, in our borough of Queens, 2.3 million people uh, known to be the most ethnically diverse urban area in the world. What an opportunity we have. How strategic our churches are in reaching the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. A short bio, just to uh, let you know where I'm coming from. Uh, I was born and raised in India the first 20 years of my life. Uh, my grandfather was the first Christian in our family uh, from a Hindu background. Uh, my father at the age of 19 gave his life to the Lord and so praise the Lord by the time I was born. I was born in a Christian family but it was at the age of 16 uh, when I just entered into college in India uh, when I, uh, that was when I uh, experienced the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, uh, gave my life to him, made Jesus my Lord and Savior. Our family immigrated here in uh, 2002. And uh, it was here in New York City that the call of the Lord was so clear upon uh, my life to enter into ministry. And so uh, ended up going uh, into seminary upstate New York, uh, completed my MDiv in seminary, and also married the love of my life uh, in 2009. That same year, Lisha and I, we moved uh, here into Jackson Heights and began a ministry among South Asians. Um, and uh, by the grace of God, just over the years, right here in Jackson Heights, uh, we have seen many Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, uh, and many others come to know the Lord uh, Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, we will be looking this Sunday 
uh, Daniel 9. You have been going through a series in the book of Daniel, and uh, today we look at a very important chapter. Uh, the theme has been fearless. And in Daniel 9, as we study this important chapter, I hope we walk away saying we are fearless because of God's sovereignty. And so as we look at chapter 9, I hope as, as Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and the people of Israel who were taken into exile and were foreigners and sojourners in Babylon, they found their confidence, their security and identity in the sovereignty of God. I hope as we look at chapter 9 of Daniel, the book of Daniel, that is what we walk away with, especially in the midst of such turbulent times that we are living in. I want to mention one thing um, before we, we read the verses here. Uh, we live, our apartment building is right across from Elmer's Hospital. And so when the pandemic began in March, remember? Um, Elmer's Hospital, as many of you would remember, uh, became uh, uh, the epicenter of the pandemic. As we opened up our, our, uh, our, our windows uh, in our bedroom, we would see long lines. And, um, you know, when we looked at the hospital, we also saw uh, uh, white, long white trucks. And uh, later on, we would find out that uh, those were freezer trucks. And it was just so heartbreaking for us to see what was happening all around us. And yet, at that time, the Lord led us into prayer. Uh, you know, there was this, this day, uh, this particular day, where, where I was just restless in my heart. And I, I, I was telling my wife, you know, I see the doctors and the nurses out there. I see our police officers and EMT workers and so many frontline workers laying down their lives. And I was telling my wife, I, I, I want to be out there. I want to be able to do something. And uh, I remember uh, my wife, Lisha, telling me, well, you know, babe, our prayers are as powerful as our presence. Our prayers are as powerful as our presence. And, and so we, we just began to pray. And the first prayer that we, uh, that we looked at was Daniel 9. And I still remember opening up our window every day at 109, COVID-19, 19, 109, our alarm will go off and we'll open up our window and pray. I want to show a, a short little video of that from March that I want you to see. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake. Oh my God because your city and your people are called by your name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray.
As you watch that video, I want to be mindful of those among us, if any of you lost a near or a dear one, we grieve with you. The sovereign God that we see in the book of Daniel is also our heavenly father. He cares for you. He knows what you are going through. He loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world. Jesus defeated death. He conquered over sin, over the grave. And because of Jesus, we have great hope. Death is not the end. And so even as someone said, even though we may be in the storm, the storm is not in us because Christ has conquered. And I hope and pray that that is a reality uh, that you are not only believing in, but living in. In Daniel chapter 9, we really get to see a glimpse of Daniel's private prayer life. Well, in the first eight chapters of Daniel, we have seen God do a remarkable thing. Amazing, awesome miracles that we have seen in and through the lives of Daniel and his friends. And, and those have been public events, miracles that have been at large. But in Daniel 9, we get to see who Daniel is in secret. What is the source of this kind of remarkable life? So let's look at Daniel 9, and the way I'm looking at it is lessons from Daniel's prayer. And in, in this chapter, we see there are four lessons, at least four lessons that we can learn from Daniel's prayer. I'm just going to give it to you, and then we will look at the verses as we go along. The four lessons that we learn are these. First, to pray according to God's word. Pray according to God's word. Second, pray expecting God's answer. Third, pray acknowledging your sin. And fourthly and lastly, pray accepting God's mercy. Let's look at them one by one. The first, to pray according to God's word. In Daniel chapter 9, uh, let's look at verse uh, 1 and 2. The Word of God says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent of Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first reign, the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So verse 1 begins with the mention of uh, the name of King Darius, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans uh, by none other than Cyrus the Great, we know that by chapter 9, the Medo-Persian kingdom has overthrown the Babylonian kingdom. And uh, now we have a new king. 
as we have studied through the book of Daniel, we see that, that uh, King Darius is, is the third king that is mentioned. Remember, it's first King Nebuchadnezzar. He comes, he goes. Then it's his son, uh, King Belshazzar. He comes and he goes in a very dramatic way. Remember the writing on the wall. And now we have King Darius, the same king uh, who threw uh, Daniel into the lion's den, but saw that there is a great sovereign God who is on the throne. And I just want to make this point over here that kings come and go. Kingdoms come and go. But there is one who is on the throne forever and ever. And he's the Lord, our God. In verse 2 of Daniel 9, it says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet. So Daniel is reading the book of Jeremiah. And that is where he sees how God is going to fulfill his prophecy through kings and kingdoms. He is going to fulfill his word. And that word is that after 70 years, the people of, of God are going to go back to the promised land. Uh, listen to uh, the sampling from uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 10 to uh, through 14. This is what the word of God says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Through Jeremiah, many, many decades ago, God had already prophesied what will happen. And as Daniel reads the word of God, he prays according to the word of God. He prays agreeing with the word of God. And I hope we are encouraged to do the same. The word of God is the fire, is, is, is what leads us to pray. To pray earnestly. Daniel was praying God's promises back to him. You know, I'm a father of uh, three kids from ages five, three, one and a half. And one thing that I've learned is this not to make false promises to your children. Because when you promise them something, they remember. And I have had moments where my son will come up to me after many days and say, Papa, you said, Papa, you said this, you said that. 
As earthly fathers, we may not be able to keep our promises, but our sovereign God never fails. You can take his promises to the bank and our God will deliver. He always deliver. I, I want to share this with you before I move to my second point. Our Heavenly Father is more eager to answer our prayers than we are eager to ask of Him. He is more eager to answer our prayers than we are eager to ask of Him. And, and in fact, the second point that we see, a lesson that we learn from Daniel's prayer is to pray expecting God's answer. In verse 20 of Daniel 9, the Word of God says, While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Daniel has not even completed his prayer and the answer comes. How wonderful that is. When we pray, God answers. He has promised to do that. In fact, when angel Gabriel comes, remember that, that angels uh, are given to minister to God's people. And, and this is the same Gabriel uh, who will come uh, to Mary to announce the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't this marvelous? So Gabriel comes and, 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 and he basically tells three things to Daniel. He tells him, God hears you, Daniel. Secondly, he says, God has sent me to give you insight and understanding. You see, that's what happens when you, when you spend time with the Lord in his word. Thirdly, and I love this, Gabriel comes and tells him, Daniel, you are greatly loved by God. You are greatly loved by God. I think often we miss out in hearing from the Lord because we are so busy but not blessed. And Daniel here, remember, remember the reason why he was thrown into the lion's den was because his enemies could find no corruption in his life. And the only way that they could blame him was his prayer life. Because he was so committed to the Lord his God. And remember his enemies went over to King Darius and said, You know, for the next 30 days, let all petitions and prayers be given to you alone, King Darius, and to no other God. But Daniel went to pray three times every day as was his custom. That was his life. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but as I've spent time reading 
and studying the book of Daniel and chapter 9 in particular, I have been convicted as a pastor. Oh, I hope you are not hearing me, you know, uh, 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 hitting you with my Bible of telling you to pray. I want to be the first one to confess that I have been convicted in my own life to spend time with the Lord, to abide in Him. There is no greater place. John 15, uh, Jesus tells to His disciples, apart from me, you can do nothing. In Psalm 16, the Word of God says, in your presence, O God, is fullness of joy. And at your right hand is pleasures forevermore. Maybe the reason our lives are, is marked by joylessness is because we have set time for so many other things, but not being in the presence of God not diving and, and resting in the Word of God. And what we see here in the book of Daniel is, 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 is not only Daniel making a priority to be in God's Word and to hear from the Lord, from His Word, as he reads the book of Jeremiah, you know, some of us, we think, oh, it's in the book of Psalms or, you know, the, the book of John. But here is Daniel reading the book of Jeremiah, the one who wrote Lamentations and experiencing God himself. Because we can never separate the word of God and the God of the word. And he hears from the Lord. He hears from the Lord. Beloved, God always answers. And I'm sure you have heard this, and this is true. God always answers, but he answers in three ways. Yes, no, wait. I know often we always want yes from God. But even when God says no, his ways are perfect. When God says wait, not now, his ways are perfect. And so... Pray to the Lord, as Daniel did. Someone has said, the greatest tragedy in life is not unanswered prayers, but unoffered prayers. When we don't even have the time to offer our prayers to God. Oh, beloved, let us be like Daniel in coming to God in prayer. I just want to share with you a quick testimony of a family that we have known for 11 years now from a Hindu background. We've been praying for this family, asking the Lord to have mercy on them. And we've been very close friends, but uh, our hearts have been just broken as we have seen them in a worship idols rather than the true and the living God. But God did answer our prayers and uh, one of the members of this family, the oldest daughter, who was really the most devout uh, Hindu, began to uh, experience the power of Jesus. And as she began to have Bible studies with my wife, God uh, brought conviction in our heart. 
And long story short, uh, now she is a follower of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, she experienced some miracles uh, in her life. And not too long ago, she actually had a dream. And in the dream, my wife, Lisha, was there and uh, Jesus appeared to her. And basically, uh, Jesus was calling her to take to take baptism. And, and so in the morning when she woke up, she told this dream to uh, her mother, uh, who is still a Hindu. And, and she basically said, in my dream, Jesus is calling on me to take baptism and to be all in. And her mother, who is uh, still not a Christian, uh, you know what she, she replied? She said to her, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and do it with love. And this is, this is the way God works. And, and, and we are just amazed at the, at the sovereignty and the goodness of God. Because in the next couple of weeks or so, we are looking at baptizing this dear sister. And we're also hoping and praying that the whole family will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with expectation. That's what Daniel did. But the third lesson that we learn, uh, that we see in this prayer of Daniel is to pray acknowledging our sin before God. Look at verse 4 of Daniel 9. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Daniel goes on to repent before the Lord. As Daniel was having his quiet time and reading the book of Jeremiah, uh, which led him to prayer. Not only was Daniel reading about uh, the 70 years of when the time of exile will be over, but he also read how they got there in the first place. Remember, the people were taken into exile. The people of Israel were taken into exile because of their rebellion and sin. They broke the covenant with God. And just as the prophets, just as the law of Moses had talked about the consequences of that, so it happened. And here is Daniel. Even though he was not part of the generation, really, of, of the ones who rebelled against God, he includes himself. He does not blame shift. But over 10 times, he uses the pronoun we. We have sinned. It is us, O oh God, not you, but we have rebelled against you. And he confesses before the Lord. 
Brothers and sisters, when we come before God, we acknowledge our sins and our weaknesses. You know, um, whenever I am hanging out with someone who is really smart, I come to realize how, how dumb I am. <laughs> whenever you hang out with someone who is so good looking, you recognize how not so good looking you are. <laughs> when you come before a holy God, you and I will recognize how sinful we are. And as Daniel prays and comes before the Lord, he is not justifying himself. He is not bringing an excuse before God, but he repents of his sin. He repents of the sins of his people. How are you and I doing, brothers and sisters? Are you still harboring that unrepentant sin in your life? Are you still blame shifting or, or making excuses? I want you to hear me. What we cover, God will uncover. But when we uncover before God, God will cover us with his mercy. God will cover us with his love. Come clean before the Lord. Pray as Daniel prayed in acknowledging the sin of his people and of his own sin. Lastly and finally, the lesson that we learn from Daniel's prayer is to pray accepting God's mercy. Look at verse 17 of Daniel 9. Now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy and for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary which is desolate. O oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake. O oh my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Daniel says, forgive us, O Lord, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. You know, I love how in the New Testament, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 and 19, the word of God says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. In verse 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. Daniel prays for God's mercy because he knows the character of this God. That he is a compassionate and a merciful God. 
We have nothing to deserve God's love. The word of God says we, we did not love God. He first loved us and that's why we love him. You know, as I mentioned early on that I was born and raised in India. India is the birthplace of Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Jainism. All the isms and schisms began in India. But let me tell you this confidently. Every other religion claim that their God will love you only if you first love them and offer a sacrifice to them. In Christianity, we love because God first loved us and provided a great sacrifice for us. His one and only son, Jesus Christ. In every other religion, you have to do what is right and then you may be accepted. But in Christianity, by faith, we come to God the way we are. And you are accepted, forgiven, and, and embraced as the father did to the prodigal son. And then he makes you and shapes you and transforms you into the likeness of his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. When we come to him in repentance and humility, this is the love of God. And that's why... In Ephesians 2, and I love this passage, Paul is able to write to the church in Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 5. Listen to God's word. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It's the mercy of God that you have been saved. If it was not for the grace of God and the mercy of God, I would not be here today. You probably won't be here today. Thank God for his mercy. And that is what Daniel calls upon. Lord, be merciful to us. We don't deserve it. But we ask you for who you are. As I close, in Daniel 9 verse 21, we see the clue. We see the clue to Christ. You know, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm going even into the New Testament and, and, and bringing Jesus Christ is because in Daniel 9.21, it, it says, <clears throat> While I was seek, speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. This is so significant. 
Remember, Daniel is in exile. There is no sacrifices in Babylon. This is a pagan nation. The temple is not there. But Daniel was praying during the time of the evening sacrifice. Daniel was acknowledging that my prayers and, and my acceptance before God is not because of my goodness, but because of a sacrifice. Yes, in the Old Testament, it was a sacrifice of animals. But we know, and, Dan, and to Daniel also it was revealed, the Messiah will come. And ultimately, all sacrifices point to him. And through his sacrifice, we are reconciled with God. He is the mediator between God and man. Daniel's prayers are answered in the time of the evening sacrifice. Listen, your prayer and my prayer are answered because of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, we can pray according to God's word. Jesus is our yes and amen. Because of Jesus, we can expect God's answer. Because of Jesus, when we acknowledge our sin, we are forgiven because he shed his blood and his body was broken for our sins. And fourthly, because of Jesus, we can pray and accept and receive the mercy of God because Jesus rose from the dead and he purchased our forgiveness. He purchased our eternal life. So as we pray, let's come to the Lord as Daniel did in prayer. Come before the Lord with expectation that he will answer you. Come to the Lord acknowledging your sin. Your sins may be many, but his mercy is more. Come, receive the mercy of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you that you are sovereign. You are in complete control over everything, oh God. I thank you for your word that says in Colossians that you hold all things together. And even though it might seem like things are falling apart, God, you have us in your hand and no one, nothing can snatch us out of your hand, O Lord, in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Your word says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God, your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. So, Father, I pray that we would live a life that is fearless and bold and humble and contrite, knowing that you are on the throne and you are a God who cares. You are a God who loves dearly and that you are a God who holds our past, our present, and our future. Father, I'm so thankful for Queen's Church so thankful for my friend Larry and his family. So thankful for the leadership and, and the plans that you have for Queen's Church, oh God. Father, I pray that they'll be faithful to your word till the end. And that we will 
labor together to see many enter into your kingdom for your glory and your name's sake. In Jesus' name, we ask and we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.